Welcome to the Rockstar Mentor Podcast, the podcast to inspire you and bring the kickstart you need to crush it in the art industry. So join Sonia each week to bring you the art of marketing your creative service or product. You've got questions, we've got answers. It's Fan Mail Friday, and we are here to answer questions to get your weekend started. Now, your creatively energetic host, Sonia Paz. Hey everyone, Sonia Paz here with the Rockstar Mentor Podcast. I am your host. Today is Fan Mail Friday, and we are in episode 10. And for those of you who are new to listening to this podcast, just a little recap that I am a professional artist, entrepreneur, marketer, designer, and I have been creating art and branding my own artwork through my art business called Sonia Paz under SoniaPaz.com. And I've been doing this for almost 20 years, and I'm so excited to bring you this Rockstar Mentor podcast, which is a podcast that I have chosen to do that will help artists. And a lot of artists out there today have the resources and tools and everything online to help you build your business as an artist. But when I started, the internet was very new or even non-existent back in the 90s and didn't have all the tools that you all have now. So a lot of what I've learned has been through just doing it and building processes in the process. So I just want to let you know that you are not alone. If you're an artist or creative person, you landed in the right place. This is the podcast. Okay, I know there's other great podcasts out there, but this is a podcast where I can talk to you as somebody who's done everything in the art industry and have done everything from owned my own galleries to doing street fairs and building a product line based off of just nothing um, before licensing companies were contacting me and stuff like that. So I am a just do it style of mentor. I get those engines running and get you to stop procrastinating and get your art business moving in that right direction. And we are going to do that now. These questions are sent to me from folks like yourself who might have the lull in the art business or they've seen something uh, happening in the art industry and have a question about it. So I'm going to jump right into the question here so that you can get your day going. And this question is from Carolyn in Chicago, Illinois. And Carolyn says, Sonia, I have been a follower and collector of your art since 2003. Wow, thank you. That's nice to hear. And I love the vibrant use of your colors. And whenever I have purchased original art and prints from you, I'm amazed at how your prints turn out with the colors being so vivid and capturing so much detail. Do you mind if I ask what type of printer you use and what kind of camera you used to get these results? Well, first of all, thank you so much, Carolyn, for not only collecting my work, but for tuning in and listening in to this podcast that I just recently launched in the past month and for asking this really awesome question. Well, first of all, I am a techno geek and it's no surprise to anyone that I hoard printers. I've probably gone on and ranted about my printers on Facebook and and online somewhere, but I do. I hoard them and I love Epson printers. I happen to have probably 
seven in my possession presently. And I know for a fact that two of these are no longer working anymore. (laughs) And people that have seen my new studio ask, what is with this, these printers? And I, I know I have an issue, but there is a method behind my madness. But we will come back to the printer thing in a minute. So I want to just mention that I have been photographing my artwork for several years and have over the time honed in my skills so that I don't have to go back and forth and tweak too much of anything in the final processes. And I have used a number of different cameras to photograph my work and everything that we do, we do in the studio. I used to use a photography light box Well, okay, let me go back a little further. When I started, I was photographing everything just in the dining room. This was years ago, before the studio and before the galleries. And I would set up some lights and photograph these paintings in in the dining room. And it wasn't giving me the light and and the detail that I wanted. It was just failing all the way around. But I was learning. And having a digital imaging background, I knew better. (laughs) So I purchased a light box for the studio and it was great for a while. Then the works got bigger and bigger and anything actually bigger for this light box, anything larger than 30 by 30 just wasn't cutting it. So I decided to experiment on different lighting and I found that photographing my paintings in the sunlight outdoors was for me, the best way to photograph my art. In 2006, we invested in the Canon Digital Rebel camera, which I found to have worked perfectly. And I still use it to this day because for me, it does the job. Yes, I know it's 10 years old. And yes, I know there's bigger and better, fancier cameras out there, but I love it. The settings are all set up. I know I can get a new one and reset everything up, but it's not broken. It's working fine. I get premium, beautiful reproductions of my work through this camera. So I've I've kept it and I'm a little bit sentimental. If there's something that I need that I have to get something larger scanned, then I I go to my local photo professional guy. His name, name is Mike Chambers. He's with Picture Element located in San Jose. He has this flatbed scanners that are amazing and it captures so much detail. And these are best done for the larger pieces that I do. And anytime I would photograph for me, this is just based on my experience and the way that I've done things. Everyone knows that you should put a protective coating of some type on your final product. Now, I would photograph my pieces before I put on that final glossy protective uh, varnish. To photograph my work, I typically would do it in the early morning or later afternoon outdoors. And that worked for me. And on the average, I would probably take about 20 photos, different angles where the light was hitting or diffused a bit from the artwork. And I'd pop them into Photoshop where I would find, I would just go through them just to see how good or how clear or how bright the colors were. Sometimes I'd get it right off the bat. I probably wouldn't have to have done more than three sets to get the color and the clarity and the quality that I achieved to make it a reality. 
most importantly is that I know a lot of artists go in, they take a few photos, and then they spend hours manipulating each and every color. Well, I know my art better than anybody, and I know that when I photograph, I know exactly when I see the color, and I wouldn't use, I wouldn't micromanage each photo to get certain color achievements. I know what I was looking for, and I might just use a slight filter with lighting, maybe use the curves element to bring or take away some of the uh, color enhancements, and very rarely would I have to go into the advanced section for the for different modes or hue or saturation. Very, very rarely. And I felt that if I had to do that, then I'm just going to hang that up, start over and get it done, get it done right, get it done in the format that is most comfortable to me with getting the quality and the perfection that I warrant for my photographs to become prints and products. From there, I would go ahead and print a sample image measuring 8 by 10 to assure that I captured the crisp lines as well as the color spectrum. Now we delve into the printer part of this question. So the printer is the most important thing for me. I mean, yes, the photograph is quality, but you can have a great quality photograph and have a really lousy printer where your output is going to be basically is going to be crappy. It may not have the right resolution. It may not have the right color. And you want to be able to work with a printer that you feel comfortable with that is going to be your right hand. This is going to be your moneymaker when it comes to making prints or a plethora of other products for your product line that you're going to be developing. For me, I am an Epson girl. I am. I use Epson printers at the studio. I have used nothing but the photographic quality Epson stylus printers. I fight with my printers and I love my printers. It's like this love-hate relationship. And I know you artists out there who have printers. And if you have a tool that you love and you're passionate about, you totally get what I'm saying here. I have an Epson 870, 1400, 2200, the R200, the R320. And I know for, for you Epson geeks out there, I know you're saying, what? Those are discontinued. What are you doing? Well, some of these were discontinued and you better believe I bought a backup just in case. The reason I bought backups of these printers were basically because they work well for me and I love them. I've tried other printers. The learning curve, I just couldn't adapt to it for whatever reason. I'm loyal to my Epson and... I even tried to get some of the newer and advanced Epson printers that I felt were going to rise above the Epson stylus that I was used to. And sadly enough, I felt they were not made as well. The cartridges were smaller. And when I get affixed on something and I'm really passionate about it, there is no stopping me with that. And for my work, I have found that Using the glossy photographic papers work best to make my colors pop. And if you use Epson papers with Epson inks, you're going to withstand a longer, more archival processed print. And that's a fact. And there are, they, they have an array of different papers. They have matte finishes. They have satin finishes. They have gloss. Gloss works for me, makes my work really pop. And that's the path that I chose to go down, and that's what works for me, and that's what sells for us. And I can see I'm, I'm getting really excited about this topic and this question. I'm really glad this question was asked. 
we're going to delve into a larger scope of printing because we're going to bring on an expert with photographing, scanning artist work in the near future. So don't think that this is the only time we're ever going to talk about this on the Rockstar Mentor podcast. We are going to be delving into bringing experts on and talking about this in detail. Now, I want to talk about master files. I hope that all of you artists, whatever you are doing, whether it's sculpture, jewelry, painting, watercolors, drawing, what have you, that you are photographing everything, even if it's not going to be for a print process or if it's not going to be a matted print or a product, you are going to need to keep a documented file on everything that you do. Master files are critical because you want to know what you made, when you made it, what it was called, who you sold it to, how much it sold for, et cetera, et cetera. And it's really great to look back at your work over the series of years to see how it's evolved and how you've grown as an artist. I have master files of everything. And from the master files, I create templates in Photoshop for the different sizes of prints that we will be doing. In-house, we print up to 14 inches wide and anything outside of that, I hand this off to my professional printer and he takes care of all of the larger format for me. Now, Carolyn and anybody else here who is new to printing and doing your printing in-house, start off very slowly. It is a commitment and there is a learning curve if you are not used to it. I have a digital imaging background, so that made it far more easier for me when I started doing this. But some artists want to create and don't want to have to worry about being their own print manufacturer. And that's fine. And that's great. But I would suggest find someone in your local area who can take photos of your work and print them off for you. And that way you can be there and you can go through the color checking process relatively easily. There are several online manufacturers that will create prints from your photos, but if you don't have a quality master file, your prints will be jeopardized and it won't be to the quality that you're hoping to achieve and expect. And the question you might be asking is, I don't want to send my painting to a stranger to photograph or perhaps your artwork might be even too large to ship. And that can be a burden and it's it's lengthy time and it's kind of unexpected. Then if you're just starting out, find someone in your local area that you can work with and that might be your best bet. And then when looking for somebody, whether it's local or online, make sure that they have photographed other people's work before. I know that photographers have their niche and there's landscape photographers and this portrait, but maybe they don't have the tools or the expertise on actually photographing artwork. And there can be some pros and cons to that. So I'm not going to, I'm not saying anything bad about photographers, just that it's like somebody coming up to me and saying, hey, can you do a realistic pencil drawing of my dog? Well, no, it's not my expertise. I'm an artist, but that's not what I do. So finding somebody that can aid you in the right direction and photograph your artwork with the expectation of what you're expecting is a better bet. If you can't find someone in your local area, write to me, let me know. I might know somebody in your vicinity or know of somebody based on a recommendation that I can, I can provide some information to you. Okie dokie, everyone. There you have it. In a nutshell, this is my mini recipe on how to photograph and print prints of your artwork and do this in-house. You can also Google different Epson printers that I've noted. Most of these are 
sadly now discontinued. However, you may find something online that might be refurbished or there might be a more cost-effective solution for you. I know a lot of artists use other types of printers like Canon, Kodak, HP, Brother. But for me, I'm an Epson girl. I am. I've tried them all. (laughs) This is what works for me and this is what I like. Now, before I forget, I want to mention, I know I mentioned the master files and there's something else that you should be always doing when creating a documentation or an archival system. And this is going to be a whole entire other podcast, but I just, I mentioned it. So I want to make sure I recap on some things. If you are taking photos of your work as you go along in your art career, alongside of the master files, keep a database or a spreadsheet to properly document everything that you do, regardless if you're creating prints or products from them at all. And be sure to include the title of the work, the date you created it, the size that it is, the medium that you created it in, the file name, and the location where it was created, whether your studio or if you were off-site somewhere, if you're a plein air artist, maybe you can list where you created it, and if you were traveling, where it was taken, etc. And any other archival information that you feel important. This is not only critical for your own documentation, but this helps tell the story. Again, I'm telling you this. This is what helps tell the story of the artwork, what inspired you to create it, and what was the passion behind it. I want to thank Carolyn from Chicago again, who has written in and asked us this awesome technical question. I love questions where I can geek out. I just, I love it. It's my thing. I worked for a lot of high-tech companies in my day many, many moons ago, and I had jobs where I was technical on one aspect and creative on the other. So I was very blessed to have been in that environment. Over the last couple of weeks, I've been asked questions about printing and cameras and things like that. And we will go into more in-depth episodes in the near future to address more technical and specific details on this process. So there you have it, everyone. I hope that Carolyn's question and my expertise in addressing some of these will bring some value to you. And I am so glad that you've tuned in again to listen to me, Sonia Paz, your host with the Rockstar Mentor Podcast. Our podcast airs weekly with a fan mail Friday like today. Reviews really help us get pushed up on the search engines and everything and with iTunes and Stitcher Radio and Google Play. So if you got some great value from this podcast, please, please be kind and do that. If there's something that you didn't like, just write me offline. And let me know. I would be happy to address those questions with you. You can also sign up online to be part of our newsletter and be on the front lines to some of the freebie tools, tips, and techniques that I am preparing for you. And I am working on some online courses that many of you have asked, so we are working on that as well. And last but not least, I want to also shout out to our sponsor, The Brush Guys, who are at thebrushguys.com. They have amazing brushes at amazing prices. They're independently owned, and if you order online, no matter what your total is, whether it's $2 or $200, you can get 5% off by using the promo code ROCKSTAR. And we are so excited to be partnering with them. They are amazing. They're Jeff and Dave are independently owned and have the best customer service. 
And for you masterminders out there, we have a great mastermind group. And you can go on to our website, rockstarmentor.com. And you can go up on the menu and look for cool tools and things like that. And you will see our mastermind group sign up page. So join us there. Be part of the fun. Learn some things. If you're an expert in an area in the art industry and you want to share your expertise and talents, then you can join us there. Thanks, everyone. I hope you're going to have a rock and rolling weekend. If you have an exhibit this weekend, I am giving you good vibes your way. Hope you sell lots. Giving you a thumbs up and kudos. If you're going to go to an exhibit, remember to touch base with the artists that you're visiting and let them know that you're there for them. Have a wonderful weekend. Stay cool. And we will talk with you soon.